what's going on, New City Church? How we doing? Everybody good? All right, you can do better than that. It's Christmas time, y'all. Let's do this. All right, I'm going to try to get a couple things out of my way because y'all have seen me trip on stuff before. And everybody laughs and makes fun of me and stuff. But um, that's right. <laughs> everybody laugh at you. Hey, they're going to laugh at you whether you fall or not, pal. Uh, good to see you. Good. My name is Casey. I know we've got a couple of new faces and some faces I haven't seen in a little bit too, man. So cool. And uh, I, 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 and one of the things I love about our church family is that we are a family. We give each other a hard time. I got to call out uh, uh, Scott Schoenberger, if you don't mind, man, because he said one of the funniest things I've ever heard this morning. Because he's coming in with uh, with coffee or something like that. And I was like, okay, thank you. He goes, no, that's for me. I got to stay awake during the sermon. I'm like, yes, that's my dude right there. <laughs> it's, but it's, hey, that's what we do, right? That's what we do. Scott's like, I didn't say that. Nah, yeah, you did. <laughs> At least that's what I heard. He heard it first, but then I was like, hey, that's funny. No, it didn't really. But, uh, but I love this church. I love our family. Like, this is my brother. Like, brothers give each other a hard time, right? Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, it's uh, what I love about what we do. And uh, how we roll as a church is that, man, we're not so stuffy that we miss Jesus, right? And, and what I mean by that, I'm not saying we're not, we're not, we don't have revere him. I'm not saying that he's not king of kings, lord of lords, alpha, the omega, the creator of absolutely everything we see. But, 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 but man, we, man, we enjoy him, right, and enjoy one another. And I think that, that one of the special things about this church and in this church family is that we have such great fellowship with one another and we honor uh, the the Jesus who comes in the form of a man is born which we're going to be celebrating this next week who's ready for Christmas to be over <laughs> sorry what am I like no no hey hey we celebrate the birth of Jesus just to celebrate it all year long amen uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I kid a little bit. But but I, w- I do want to share. Some of you guys were like, "Yeah." Like, well, it was funny because I, I say, "Hey, are you ready for Christmas?" People are like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, to be over, yeah." It was pretty. It was kind of kind of fun. Um, but one of the things I I want to want to share with you guys is that that we have such a special fellowship with with Jesus and. And we should. Um, Caleb mentioned it uh, a little bit ago. It, it's, it's like in Revelation 3, Jesus is literally uh, judging the churches. And there's a church called Laodicea. I think that's how you say it. And, and he does say something which is incredible. He says, but to the victor, to, to the one who comes in, or the one who answers the door, I'm going to stand and not, but to the one who who opens that door for me, I will come in and eat with that person and that person with me. And so there's this fellowship that Jesus has with us that he wants to have with us that has nothing to do with liturgy, that has nothing to do with tradition, has nothing to do with religion, has nothing to do with any of the stuff. It has everything to do with a fellowship and a oneness and a love of Jesus, right? And then he says to that person, to the victor, I will put that person on my throne with me like my father put me on my throne. That is wild, right? So, yeah, I want to have this fellowship, yeah? And, and that fellowship comes with benefits. And it's not just, oh, cool, I'm going to be on the throne. I'm going to be with Jesus, right? And so, man, the heart of God that I have been pondering this as we're talking about what we're going to talk about today in Luke 2 is that, man, man we want us to be 
man, looking for Jesus for sure. We want you to look for Jesus. We want you to, to understand that there is a Jesus that we are to be pursuing. I think a lot of times people will say, well, he's been doing this since the beginning of time. He has, he has come to us more often than, than, frankly, I think is, is, is right for a king of kings and a lord of lords to do. Like, if I was God, I wouldn't do none of the stuff God did. Well, when I say that, I mean, like, yeah, I might, might have some power and things like that. Yep, I created everything. Yep, I'm the Alpha, the Omega. Yep, but to come down to Savior, sorry, behind, sorry, man. You, you're the one that messed up, not me. I mean, I, you know, I want, I want to be, help us to understand the gravity and the heart and, frankly, the humility of this, this king that we serve and love. And I, and, I, and, I, and I love that. And I'm not saying I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't like you or anything like that or a little like people or anything. I'm just saying that, that for him to do what he did for us absolutely stunningly blows my mind. Like it just, I go, God, that is incredible what you did. Like we celebrate the birth of Jesus during Christmas time, and we should all year long, no doubt about it. But one of the things that I think that because it is so commonplace in our culture, and we had this entire season, frankly, starting around the end of July, right? Home Depot, why do you, man, it's still summertime, why you got Christmas trees up, right? And, and it's just part of our culture, Christmas and Christmas season and jolly old St. Nick and you name it, I got reindeer and, 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 I, and I like the movie Elf. Who doesn't like that, right? That's why I think that, that is the number one Christmas movie. It, it did surpass a Christmas story. I'm sorry, it did. It's just, just the way it goes. Okay, we don't need to fight. But I'll tell you, it's so commonplace in our culture, we forget the awe and the mac. Oh, they're going to take the manger scene out of the town square. And we get all fired up about it, right? And I'm not saying I like that or anything like that, but, I, I, man, here, here's the deal. This Jesus is in my heart, right? And, and, and if we are living a life such that this joy of Jesus, this fire that Jesus puts in our bones, this, this heart that we have for Jesus, this mindset that thinks like Jesus, loves Jesus, pursues Jesus, if we actually do those kind of things, the culture, if we do it right, right, and I'm not saying that we don't stand up for ourselves. I'm saying if we don't have this dogmatic attitude of, man, we're going to make sure that Jesus is back in the schools and everything like that. We get fired up about prayer in schools and people taken out of that. And we were we even praying at the time? Amen? Like, what if we did this and lived this way? People would say, let's put that, let's, let's put that nativity scene up. Let's make what like let's make the Christian folks because they make this town better. They make this culture better. And it's not us, it's God making it better. Man, they would be clamoring to whatever we needed to do. Amen. And 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 look at this. Luke 2. And I've got, by the way, y'all know I'm weird, right? You didn't have to say it so enthusiastically. I know, I love you too, man. That's what this is all about. <laughs> I see the, the, the story, quote unquote, and I, I don't even like to use the word story of the birth of Jesus because this is an account of history. This ain't a fairy tale, 
right? And so when, I, when I'm looking at this, I, I, I look at it and I, I look at things a whole lot more differently. Is that, did I say that right? Did I say that corrected? Um, I look at this so differently than most people. I think that if we know the Bible, it ruins our Christmas in a good way. It, just like it does Easter as well, and just like it does any other holiday that has any kind of biblical foundation around it, if we know the scriptures, it tends to ruin our Christmas because, because we see things differently than the rest of the, world, rest of the world about Christmas. People think of Christmas morning, or they think of Christmas trees, or they think of presents, or they think of Santa and his sleigh, or whatever they're thinking about with, when it comes to Christmas. And, and they look at this this. I don't know, this uh, manger scene and things like that. And, and, and they, they, they sing songs like, Mary, did you know? And they go, oh, it, just, it just makes my heart go flutter, right? And all these memories and things. And I'm going, oh, this is a much. It's going to be like, dude, you're going to make me mad. And I don't want to make you mad. But it, like it, it literally, I go, why are we so freaked out about so much of this? When the, the, the actual account of the birth of Jesus is so powerful, then that ought to propel us to live a life of joy, to live a life of determination, to learn to live a, to learn to live a life of living for his kingdom, for what he did. Luke 2, starting in verse 1, it says, In those days, and these were the days that, uh, if you recall, that, that Mary, Jesus' mom, was told that, Hey, you're going to carry the Son of God, and He's going to He's going to save a whole bunch of people, right? And 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 in those days, and she just got through got through hearing that, uh, is now pregnant, and she goes to her cousin Elizabeth, who's carrying, uh, or her cousin Elizabeth, who's carrying, uh, was it her sister Elizabeth carrying his Jesus's cousin uh, John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist is six months old, and in the in the womb, Jesus is a few days old. And John the Baptist leaps in, the, in his mother's womb, right? In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius. Is that how you say that? Somebody talk to me. Quir, 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 okay, all right. Quirinius it is. All I got to do is say it quickly and confidently. Everybody says, oh, that's how you say it. All right, cool. Was governor of Syria. Of Syria. And everyone went to their own town together. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house in the line of David, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married, married to him. And was the humility that Joseph had. This dude is my hero in so many ways. Like he, he, there's a, there's, there's a natural embarrassment there. And the cultural expectation is not only that Joseph leaves Mary, Joseph trashes Mary, but there are some cultures in these early, early Christian, or, or I'm sorry, early Roman empire that the Jewish man would even kill the woman that was to be married to him if she was found to be in adultery. I mean, this is an incredible, and, and so Joseph was going to leave quietly, wasn't going to make a big stink, right? which shows you his wonderful heart. And God comes to him and says, hey, marry her. We're going to figure this out. 
And so Jesus, James, his brother, Jude, who wrote part of the New Testament, grew up in a, and, part, and his sisters as well, grew up in a, in a home, frankly, that had a bad reputation in the, in, the, in the town. And can you imagine Jesus and James and Jude and his sisters and other brothers maybe that were playing outside with other kids and they said, I heard about your mom, right? I mean, this is an amazing thing to, to see all these different things things happen and yeah and I heard your dad didn't do what he's supposed to do and my dad said your dad's a wuss because he didn't leave your mom there's all kinds of things happening here I think to to, for a lot of times people will say um you know I wonder if you know I bet it was really fun to to grow up in Jesus's family and you know I probably not culturally speaking was probably very challenging and I think that's where, where so many of us can relate to, to Jesus because, yeah, he had a hard family upbringing too. And even the best of our upbringings are, are never ideal, right? And so we, we, a lot of times we go, man, man, Jesus gets it. He understands what's going on. So Joseph also went up from the town of Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. What did I say? Nearby, right? Everybody say nearby. There's shepherds that were living nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Hey, you and I would be terrified too, right? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Woo! Thugs. Considered low lives. Considered the worst of the worst. Testimonies not allowed in court. They were considered liars, liars, drunkards, adults. Like you name it. The shepherds of the day in this culture were considered the worst of the worst. Uh, well, actually Samaritans were considered worse, which are half Jewish, half, half Gentile people. But these guys were considered like lowly, right? Not to be trusted. Really kind of skanky people. And they maybe were or maybe they weren't. But that was their, their reputation. For God to come to these folks is an incredible thing. You think about this. He didn't come first to the dignitaries and the, the noblemen and that kind of thing. We're going to talk about that. He didn't come to the wise men first. He came to the shepherds First, I'll explain that here in, in just a little bit because I think some people get those shepherds and wise men and that kind of thing kind of mixed around and messed around and that kind of thing. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Heard recently that that's actually one of the ways that sacrificial lambs were were put they were wrapped in cloths and put in a manger doesn't say that here but that was one of the commentaries i'd heard this past week i think it's fascinating right suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising god and saying glory to god in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor 
rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So, so they come and they, set, they, they, go, they, they see Mary, they see Joseph. They're like, guys, man, the whole heavenly host like, came to us and said, this is, this is the Messiah. He's the one that's he's, he's, he's wrapped in these cloths. It's, it's absolutely stunningly amazing. And, and everybody that was there was amazed at what these low-life, scum-of-the-earth, Worst of the worst people had to say. See, this is the heart of God we're starting to realize that he comes to the lowliest first and gives them power and gives them authority. And, and, and for the first time in their lives, maybe, they actually said something and people were like, wow. Ever thought about that? Ever thought, man, Nobody ever listens to me. I ain't got no influence. I ain't got no... Listen, you and me had the opportunity to have the most powerful, almighty God in us, with us, and through us. We are truly ambassadors to the King of Kings and the one that every knee will bow. We are his ambassadors. People ought to pay attention when we come into a room. I'm not saying that you demand that. I'm saying this is what they should do because of who we are. But it's not who we are. It's who he is. It's truly incredible, man. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So Mary, listen, God comes to Mary and said, this is, you're going to carry the Savior of the world, the King of Kings, these things in your heart, in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. And how God's people said. Amen. And then we come into the Christmas season. And we hear songs like, Mary, did you know? And I'm like, yes, you did. <laughs> sure did. Maybe before writing that song, read the Bible. Now, I'm not trashing the song or anything like that. Maybe she didn't know he was going to walk on water. Okay, I get it. But, yeah, she knew a whole bunch. And, it, and if people would just actually look at the scriptures, they wouldn't even have to ask those questions. She knew. This is what's so amazing. I think a lot of times people are like, man, that's why I say, like, knowing the biblical account of the birth of Jesus, it ruins your Christmas, but in a great way. It's just you see things differently than the rest of the world sees them, right? Now, you got married, did you know? And what's well, kind of a maternity scene? I mean, it's a newborn, right? I mean, I'm not that dumb, you guys. No, Casey, you're not that you're not that dumb. Nativity scene. And then you've got this nativity scene here. You check that out. You've got the shepherds, which were living nearby, which were told you're going to see a newborn baby. On this side, from Matthew 2, you've got the wise men, right? Who, 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 it's typically put in three wise men. We don't really know how many 
wise men there were. But there is frank, gold, frankincense, and myrrh that's given to Jesus, right? And they bring these gifts. Here's the issue that I've got with this nativity scene. It's wrong. Have you ever thought about the fact that the Magi, when they and, and the Magi were not the shepherds. Shepherds were kind of the, the low, the poor. Magi were politically, probably had a whole lot of clout. They probably had a lot of money. I mean, they're obviously bringing gifts. Shepherds are just there. And, and the, the wise men on this side, they have this journey that they've got to take. See, God comes to every spectrum of the socioeconomic scale, but he comes to the shepherds, the lowly ones first. They, he's like, hey, you got a pretty direct line. You rich guys, you influential guys, you wise guys, you're going to have to go through some stuff to get to me. You ever thought about that? And the wise men, they, they, they get approached similarly, right? They, they get this vision and, and they've got to go search for the, the, the king of the Jews. And so they go with this political clout and they're able to get in front of a guy named, who is it? Herod. King Herod, right? And Herod is the political leader of the Jews. And these wise men, these magi, who some, some scholars say there are actually astronomers, which I think is interesting because they're looking for the star, right? They go to the, Herod and they're like, hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. Herod's going, I'm the king of the Jews. What are you talking about? Think about this. And so he gets, like, he's kind of freaked out right now. And he says, hey, um, um, Tell me where, you know, tell me where the, this, he gets all the scholars together. Hey, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? He figures out it's in Bethlehem. And so what does he do? He orders a decree to have every baby born two years old and older, right? To be. Isn't that fascinating? And we fight about these manger scenes. This is why I say it kind of ruins your Christmas, right? Like these magi aren't there at the newborn scene here. The, the shepherds on this side, am I doing this right? Yep. Shepherds on this side, they were there. Magi on this side, not there. Jesus was probably walking when they first saw him and gave him, hey, some people think there's a little drummer boy there, too. That ain't nowhere in Scripture, I promise you, right? Oh, I love that song, right? All right. But it ruins your Christmas in a fantastic, beautiful, and wonderful way. See, I think no matter whether you're, you're on, the, on the, the side of the, the upper echelon of society or whether you are the poorest of the poor, God, God's for you, right? And God wants you. And God's already done the work. See, this is the whole idea of, of this child who comes in the, like, and is born in Bethlehem, which is, when he's born, it fulfills a bunch of prophecies from the Old Testament, which blows my mind, Right? But this is God who comes in the form of a man. You think about the fact that God is like in the heavens 
And the heavenly hosts all around them are saying, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy, you're holy. And then he's here having to deal with dirty diapers. Right? And, and having to grow up. In, and instead of hearing holy, you're holy, you're holy, they're hearing, he's hearing things like crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. What God does that? Our God, amen, man. That's why it's so powerful to understand that this God that we, we serve and we love, man, he's the real deal. And he's for you. And yes, he has pursued us in so many ways, and, and, and yet we're still expecting him to do more a lot of times. We're like, well, God needs to show up in my life. He's done done that, right? You'll look at this in Scripture over and over. It'll say things like, God will say things in his word like, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Okay? And, and like we are to follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't need to chase you and me. I think sometimes people just expect that. Well, if God was real, God is real. He's made it real. He rose from the dead. Now what are we going to do with that, right? We're going to pursue him and, and love him. Psalm 37.4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. See, I love promises in the scriptures, right? People love that second part. Oh, he's going to give me my heart's desires. you got to first take delight in the Lord. If you take delight in the Lord, guess what happens? You're going to want what he wants, and he's going to give it to you. Isn't that awesome? Jesus said in the first ministry sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he said, The one who searches finds. And so here's what we want to do. And I know we're, we got a lot of things going on. I thank you guys for, for being here this morning. I'm filling the place up, man. It's just, just, I love that because there's a lot of places that we could be shopping. Oh, right? Oh, shoot, I got to go. There's a lot of places things we could be doing, preparing for Christmas Day and things like that. May we never, never, Stop looking for Jesus. So we want you to look for Jesus. Look for it. Pursue him. Like, don't wait on him to come to you. He's already done it. He's here. He's with us, right? We want you to find Jesus. If you, have, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, like if, you, if you're saying, man, I don't even know what this looks like. Like, let's, let's settle that today. I love this part of our of our culture that that Jesus is on the minds and the thoughts and the and the lips of everybody when we talk about it. We say Jesus is a reason for the season. Jesus is a reason for everything, right? I want you to find Jesus. And if you the ZZ top in the back there. <laughs> it's amazing. Don't ever shave your beards, guys, please. I'm trying to grow. I got to grow one just to be able to fit in. That's amazing. <laughs> now I'm waiting for them to spin guitars. <laughs> That's right. Ultimately, we want you to love Jesus. He deserves it. I mean, the very fact that he comes and humbles himself to testify to the truth. 
to, beyond any reasonable doubt, claim to be God, rise from the dead, overcome the worst of the worst thing that we could think of for our salvation and not just to be saved from hell, but to get to go to heaven and be with him in eternity and do the things he has, he has done like with no stress, no pain, no disease, no death. Whew. So if you find Jesus and you love Jesus, we want you to follow Jesus. Well, do something with it, right? Like we're about to start a new season, a new year. Man, we've got, like the beginning of the year, we've got a series called On Purpose. Where when Jesus comes out in his first ministry sermon, Sermon on the Mount, he says things like when you give, when you fast, when you pray. And we're going to give and we're going to fast and we're going to pray. And some people are like, I don't know which one is the hardest. Some of us have struggle, struggles with, with actually praying. Asked in the scriptures is about food. We're going to go there. See, we're not just going to, to love Jesus and celebrate his birth. We're actually going to pursue Jesus and follow Jesus. And if the expectation is for us to give fast and pray, we're going to learn how to do that. Amen. Then we're going to learn how to bring other people into the kingdom and so it's a, such a beautiful, incredible season that we've got coming up over the next couple of months. And, you know, I know we're going to celebrate on Christmas Eve at 4 o'clock. I'm ready. I'm, I, I cannot wait to celebrate that. And then be with our families on Christmas Day. No, no church next week, right? Because I don't want to be the only one to show up, right? I'll forget. Love Jesus. Find Jesus. Follow Jesus. Amen. Father, we love you. And we're thankful. So very thankful for you. We're thankful, Lord, that you let us have fun. You let us not just come to church, not just have fun with each other, Lord, but you, you let us enjoy you. That, we don't deserve that, Lord. That's who you are. And this isn't a self-deprecating kind of we're nothing and you're everything. It's just true. But the heart that you have to empty yourself, to humble yourself, to sacrifice yourself. I mean, I, I can't imagine being an absolute... I don't want to say luxury, but it's just deeper than that. But an absolute adoration, an absolute light. And decide for the sake of others to put myself in the middle of the darkness. To bring people back to the light. I just... I know there are no other gods, and I get that. But every other religion out there is, um, it's all about people doing stuff to get to you, and you came to us. It's a big difference. 
We celebrate this birth, man. And I know it's part of our culture, but may we never lose the awe and the majesty and the incredible thing you did to come here for us. To rescue us. Amazing, amazing teacher and adult. And you gained favor among different parts of the culture of the day as a person. And there are some people that do a lot of those things, but they never do it perfectly like you did. And they sure don't rise from the dead like you did. Wow. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being born. Thank you for going through the things that you didn't have to do, but you loved us enough to do it. May we honor you as much as possible. Fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Remind us of the things you taught us and did for us. Father, thank you for sending your Son. It is in your Son's amazing and incredible name, Jesus. Everybody in the house said, Amen.